Hey, Afronauts, I'm Chelsea Gaydon. And I'm Beatrice Eicher, and we're your hosts for this episode of The Hero's Journey, where we sit down with Black writers in the speculative fiction space. Our hero today is Lizelle Sambry. Lizelle is a Trinidadian Canadian YA fantasy author. In her free time, she shares helpful tips for upcoming writers and details of her publishing journey through her YouTube channel. She is the author of Blood Like Magic and its sequel, Blood Like Fate, out August 9th. Thanks for joining us today, Lizelle. Yeah, thank you for having me. So for our listeners who haven't picked up a copy of your incredible debut, Blood Like Magic, can you give us like a, a little overview of what your book is about and also what we can expect from book two? For sure. So Blood Like Magic is about a family of Black witches living in a near future Toronto. And in particular, we're following 16-year-old Voya Thomas, who's given the impossible task of either killing her first love or losing her family's magic forever. And unfortunately for her, she has never been in love so she'll have to find the perfect guy before she can kill him. And uh, yeah, Blood Like Fate is, hmm, it's difficult to pitch without <laughs> spoiling things. Um, but in Blood Like Fate, essentially, Voya is dealing with the consequences of things that went down in the first book. Um, and we're spreading out the world a bit more. So we're learning a lot more about the community of Black witches in Toronto versus Voya's specific family. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I love seeing in the book that magic community, but to explore that even more is going to be oh, so awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. Okay, so I am a watcher of your YouTube channel. I mm-hmm. have been watching for a while now. I feel like my first, I first watched one of your first videos where you talked about getting an agent oh, yeah. and you talked about, um, you had like the, the, the Day to Diaries series and you were really in-depth and authentic in like what you were going through so I wanted to just first say I really enjoyed that it was like a treat to watch you yeah thank you so much I'm so glad you were watching them and enjoying the videos I always get really excited about that yeah it was a I really really enjoy it um I know on on the channel at one point you said that you didn't have you had no positive expectations when it came to publishing your publishing but like magic um, and it's marketing, and then you discovered that your negative expectations were false. Um, I want to know like, what kept you going, even with that initial point of view of not having, you know, big expectations. I guess really what kept me going, and when I think back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did you continue to want this despite negative things that you kept hearing about this career, and you know, being in a young adult author and marketing and all those things, but I think I just always had such a strong desire to see a book published, to see my book on shelves, and like just that, the fact that it could be on bookshelves for people and that someone anyone would read it (laughs) was enough to keep me going um that was just such a big part of the dream that was my bare minimum desire that you know someone could go into you know I'm in Canada so Indigo is the big bookstore so like someone could go into an Indigo and see my book on a shelf and pick it up and take it home and read it um and that was like more than enough for me like that was so exciting even beyond going to like I hope they like it I was just like they picked it up and they were able to read it and like (laughs) that was good and that was really what kept me going you know I had that dream since I was a kid and so even 
hearing things, uh, negative things about the publishing industry, like that was still enough to keep my head in the game, so to speak. Man, that really resonates with me because similarly, yeah, I've had like the, you know, the childhood dream of being able to pick up a book that has my name on it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I'm, wow. I bet that, what did it feel like actually having that become a reality? Uh, really surreal, super, super surreal, especially, you know, given the pandemic, like when my book was released, I was actually in lockdown, so I couldn't go to a bookstore. Um, so then it was super surreal because I was like, I guess my book is on shelves in places because people are sending me pictures. And then when I actually got to go into the bookstore and like sign copies and see it on the shelves and see it on like, you know, displays at the front of the store, that was really like mind blowing for me to see that. Um, and it was just super surreal, but also very much like a realization of a dream. And it was so strange to be like, oh, I did it. Like after <laughs> so long of wanting this, um, I finally achieved it. Um, and it ended up, you know, going so much better than I ever could have dreamed. Like I thought I would be going into a bookstore and I'd be digging for my book in like the back of the stacks and there'd be like one copy. Like I didn't think I'd walk into the bookstore and bam, it would be on a showcase wall and like, you know, that sort of thing. So it was super surreal, but also really exciting. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah, it sounds surreal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have like, just getting into Blood Like Magic, I just want to say like, I absolutely loved the world building. Like I, I, I've always been like a, you know, sci-fi fantasy fan but to see like the advanced like technology and the magic together in one world was just like oh I was just so excited to see it um one question I have for you when you were doing your um world building what were some of the the challenges that you had coming up with like um like having like a community of magic within this larger more technologically advanced society yeah, um, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed the world building. Um, and yeah, for me, a big challenge was definitely blending the two because I was consumed with this fear that if the if the science fiction aspect could easily be pulled apart from the book, that I would query and an agent would tell me pull the sci-fi bit out of the book because of the way that you know young adult sci-fi is considered a difficult market, a tough market. And so I was really worried <laughs> that if I didn't blend it seamlessly with the magic to the point that they couldn't be separated that I wouldn't get to keep the sci-fi elements so then I had to think really hard about how am I going to connect the magic world to this technological future um, and make that work so I had to definitely think of how witches could rely on technology in a way that they kind of couldn't just like not use it <laughs> it would be strange for them um, but also how to make the technology in some way rely on magic, um, which comes out throughout the book. You kind of get to discover how those two things are linked. Um, but that was like definitely a challenge <laughs> linking that together. And some of the sci-fi aspects, like I was having a challenge or difficulty in kind of deciding how far into the future technology was. So sometimes I was adding in technology and it was actually something that we kind of already had existing. Um, so I was a little bit too close to our real world. And so we ended up adjusting the year of the book 
so that it was more near future. Um, and so then I was taking things that we already had and I was just bumping them forward a little bit um, versus having to take super giant leaps forward with the technology. So that was definitely another challenge for sure. Well, yeah, I, I loved it. I'm a fan of near future sci-fi, like just seeing, oh, where could we be just a few steps ahead in the future? So I really enjoyed seeing that in your world building. Yeah, it's really fun. And it's like interesting to research and stuff to kind of see where we're at and what we have currently and like think, okay, what could we achieve with this technology we already have in the next, you know, 20, 30 years? Uh, one of actually one of my favorite things in the book is uh, current living family plays a big role. You know, Boya has a really big family and that's really important to her and to like the plot of the book. It's kind of woven in seamlessly, but also, you know, past ancestors also play a big role, uh, which I love that dichotomy, you know, of current family versus ancestors, having both of them be really meaningful to the main character. Um, for you, why was it important to have them play such a vital role in the story? I think for me, like the family unit and generations of family is really important because each generation has this specific experience that they're bringing to the table and it affects how they interact and how they you know, get along with each other and their worldviews world can really clash. And I think adding the ancestors to that provided this additional level of, you know, what would your world be like if your ancestors had a say, if they could advise you in some ways, if they could share what they had gone through with you directly, um, in what ways would that be positive? And in what ways would that be negative? Because now in addition to your regular family members that were, you know, having input on your life to begin with, now you also have someone that's lived, you know, hundreds of years ago, weighing in on your current experience as well. And I really liked the idea of doing that. I think, especially, you know, in the cases of like being a, someone in the diaspora, um, you know, I think a lot about my ancestry and who those people would have been and what they would have thought of me or what they would have thought of my life. And so, I liked that the book was kind of this way to butt those up against each other. Um, and it provides challenges for Voya because she's living in the present day in her life and she's got the generations of her mom and her aunt weighing in on her life and she's got the generation of her grandmother. And then she's also got the generation of her ancestors and they're all trying to impart their advice and they're all trying to share their experiences and to help her with her issues, but they're all coming at it in very different ways. Um, and then she also kind of has to discover how she's going to come at it from her way and from her generation um, versus kind of being solely led by the opinions of others, um, which can sometimes be a very difficult trap to settle into, um, especially as a person of color, yeah. I love the whole family aspect. Like, honestly, there were times when I was reading it where I was like, is that my grandma? Like, <laughs> yes, because the characters just felt so close and real and it felt so personal. So last year I made a, I made an effort to read, like I almost read exclusively works by black writers mm -hmm. and it was so healing and so like beautiful. And, and, and your book was like a big part of that, just seeing like black families and black characters and I mean, it's just it's just amazing and it 
I love being able to like directly connect with the character and their situation and, and their family. So yeah, that was great. I love that. That's absolutely what I wanted. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a large blended family. There were like eight of us living in the house together. And so the characters in the book are very different from my family members, which I make every effort to reiterate at all times to them. <laughs> No one in this book is a reflection of you directly, um, but I've always really enjoyed that dynamic of growing up with extended family and blended family in one house and the dynamics of all of those different personalities and people interacting with each other. Um, and to me, like, that's a big part of what feels like family and what to me, you know, makes me think of family the you know, the difficulties of some family members being harder to get along with others yeah. <laughs> and some being easier and how that might change over time. And yeah, that's something I absolutely love. And it makes me really happy to like see you and readers like um, relating to that and like seeing your own families in that. Oh, that's great. So another thing in the book that I really, really loved is the food and the the dishes and the cook so I'm not yes. really much of a cook but I swear reading this book I was like let me learn how to cook <laughs> because <laughs> the food and the dishes just they just sounded so good like I would get hungry reading yes, the book watering just and amazing. I don't think many books have done that to me made, made me hungry like actively while while enjoying the story but still like being more interested in like the dishes so do you have any advice for writers who want to incorporate like more food in their work uh, yeah I'm just curious do you have any advice yeah I love that um that makes me really excited I've heard from some people being like I'm gonna try and like find some place with West Indian food now that I've read the book so I can try these things um yeah for me like when I do descriptions of food I really try and think about the different senses um so I'm trying to think of not just what you're visually seeing and describing but the smells and like what the different tastes might be um, and I try to really zone in on it and that's kind of how I go about my food descriptions and you know I'm using a lot of my own memories these were all like dishes that I grew up eating my grandpa was like the chef of our family the kitchen is his domain <laughs> he made all of those things um, and you know as I grew up into an adult and realized he did not write down any recipes. Um, I kind of went about researching and trying to figure out how to make these things myself so that I can try it. Because, um, you know, when he would try and teach me, but his teaching is like, and then I just throw in this handful of this and like a pinch of this. No, no, this exact yes. no exact measurements. No exact measurements. No, you cannot replicate it. Like, that's not helpful. No. Like. <laughs> No. Yeah, like a dash of this, but it's not a dash. They're doing something else. <laughs> oh, very, very unhelpful. And like sometimes yeah. just a lot of stuff, like he'll like crack open like a real physical coconut and he will skin it and he'll blend wow. the pieces and he'll squeeze out the milk. Like he's doing like the freshest version. Dedication. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that sounds so good. That's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> Authenticity right there. It's yeah, true. Getting, it's very true. Getting hungry again. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to buy a can of coconut milk. I can't be. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair though. Because right? it's a lot of work. I always take the shortcuts like pre-minced garlic. I'm not mincing oh, yeah. it myself. Oh, I can't 100%. do that now. Yeah. Uh -huh. Pre-minced garlic you know, seasoning mixes from like Caribbean companies. I'm like, I'm gonna go with your mix and I trust that you will taste similarly. 
Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun for me doing all those food descriptions. It was very much like, like Roya, like that's how a big part of how I connected to my culture um, and felt involved. So it was really exciting for me to put those down on the page. Something else I really enjoyed actually was the romance. It's, it was so uh, complex. You know, there was, it, it felt really fleshed out. It felt really meaningful. If that's, because that's the right word, meaningful. It felt like really, really thought through. And I really liked, like we talked about earlier, the use of genetic, um, genetic matchmaking service and how you blended romance with science. That's really interesting for Blood Like Fate. Can you give us a little bit of like a preview of the continuation of a romance in this one? What can I say? Yeah, it don't is like, a don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to dance I was, around. I was dancing around. I was like, can you, um, <laughs> what can we get right now? <laughs> there is a romance in the second book. I will okay. say that. Um, and oh my gosh what can I say about the romance in the second book um it's a lot of pining a lot of pining um there's a good dose of heartbreak um and there's also some very like sweet moments that I'm really excited for readers to um experience (laughs) um there might be a little bit of dancing might be a bit of a club night if you will um you know there will be a kiss um yeah so I guess that's what I will say okay (laughs) so pining heartbreak dancing kissing is that is that a good? Yeah, I think that was okay. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? I'll take it. I'm going to be looking <laughs> for you. every single one. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll check them off as I'm reading. Like, there's the, like, there's where's the, the kiss? Got where's it. The- <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, and it'll continue. It'll, it's also still a slow burn. I, I love a slow burn. So I, I love a slow burn too. That's okay. one yeah. thing that I did want to say. I appreciate so much a slow burn especially when it's like a situation where it's like not insta love you know it's not like mm-hmm. it's meet and they instantly fall for each other I I love a story where the two characters have to slowly you know realize their feelings and and then express them and uh and you did it so so well and I really really enjoyed it yeah that's absolutely what I love I mean you gotta work for the kiss kiss just can't come exactly. out of nowhere I'm like you gotta work that it has to be earned. <laughs> yes, I want to understand them as individuals and how they work together, mm-hmm. how like you know their struggles. Like I want everything before and that. The kiss is like the payoff. It's more meaningful. To me. Yeah, I, it yes. feels. It feels like okay, finally we're here. I get it. Let's kiss. Let's do this. You okay. deserve yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The suffering is part of the magic of the payoff. It's, yes I love to suffer thanks for that suffer in love <laughs> it's the best yeah um so your writing process um for for blood like fate was it different for from your writing process because I know like this is like your your second novel versus like the debut how was the writing process different or or was it actually at first the writing process for blood like fate was very different from the writing process for blood like magic thankfully Um, Because the Blood Like Magic writing process was like high key chaotic and I really (laughs) did not want to write books like that. (laughs) Um, It was a lot of uh, 
I didn't have a lot of pre-planning for Blood Like Magic. Um, so I ended up having to fix a bunch of things. I had to do a bunch of rewrites. I had to spend a lot of time tweaking things and like fixing things. And so it made that process so much longer. Um, I was also, I just didn't have the same level of experience. So I was figuring out a lot of things kind of for the first time. I was figuring out how to like lead with character and have story follow instead of the other way around. And so it was uh, definitely a more difficult and involved process. Whereas Blood Like Fate felt like a big breath of fresh air. It was just so much of a better process. For one, the great thing about a sequel is that I've already made the magic system. It is already developed. It's already decided. The world is developed and decided, and I'm just kind of expanding upon it. Um, in some cases, there may be some new magic things that show up, and I just kind of adjust for that. Um, so it's fun because it's kind of like it's a sequel, but it also feels like low-key, like writing fan fiction for your own book because everything is already there for you and you just get to like play in the world now and you don't really have to worry about, now I got to explain the whole magic system. Um, I do put in little reminders because it's a sequel and I know people forget and honestly, I have the memory of a goldfish. So I totally understand that <laughs> where you get into a book and you're like, I don't remember anything about the first book except that I liked it. And yes, so, I have no memory. <laughs> yeah, it's all gone. Yeah. So I put in reminders in the second book for that as well. But it was just like the process was I planned it very extensively, very meticulously. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen. And because I had plotted out the second book, the sequel, when we went on submission with Blood Like Magic, I had already planned out Blood Like Fate. So when it sold, we already knew what was going to happen in Blood Like Fate, Blood Like Fate. Um, so it wasn't like I was starting right from scratch. Um, I did end up editing that outline because of certain things. I had a big virus component. And then by the time I got around to it, I was less jazzed about mm, the way I definitely feel that. Yeah. My yeah. my Aww. the first book I queried was 2020 virus story <laughs> and it's <Yes>. shelved <laughs> yeah for that story yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's a whole new <laughs> sort of experience so I was like I'm gonna tweak this significantly um and then I ended up writing the book the drafting process was honestly like fairly quick and like pretty chill um I was i started drafting the book really early because I didn't know what my deadline was and for whatever reason decided not to just ask my editor so I ended up having the book finished like four five months before I needed it to be done oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that sounds like good news to me that's a lot of yeah. months exactly. yeah. what did you do with those months those like are many months <laughs> Well, no, I, I, with those months, I was like, okay, I'm going to send this to like beta readers and stuff. So okay, I spent okay, time, yeah. I like did my own edit on it. And then I like sent it to readers and I gave them like extra time to read. Um, and then I got their feedback and I ended up doing 
more very significant edits. Um, I ended up again tweaking that whole virus thing. A lot of tweaks to it. I was like, very much do not want this to parallel real life. Um, how can I tweak this to be different? Um, so I ended up doing that and I had a character that I had put in that was a pretty significant character and then I just ripped them right out and <laughs> I put in a different character. <laughs> And Wait. Wow. So, so, did you remove? Did you change the character, or they were just deleted? From the... They were significantly changed, but they were not the same character. So, like, they mm, had the same okay. name in this new iteration. But <laughs> that they was the only thing they had. Much. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> but they lost. Their I let them soul. keep their name, but they lost yes, all like, everything else. Okay. Yeah, they were very much a different character, um, and that was just kind of like based on feedback I got. I was kind of like, they weren't working very well. They weren't integrating into the book very well. Um, and so I ended up just kind of replacing them with a completely different character. So I had to cut out all those scenes where they were in. I had to redo new scenes where I was going to put them in in a very different way. And that was <laughs> complicated. That took a lot. Um, and then I have an unhealthy obsession with twists in my book I always want there to be all of these twists I love revealed. a twist I, just, <laughs> so I love a suffering. twist yes exactly yes I love, pining. Pining. I love twists absolutely yeah. <laughs> they're very fun so I was like okay I'm gonna put in these twists which also required that I do a ton of changes in the book to make them work and so I ended up working on those edits for two months I thought it was going to take me one month um, it took me two months, um, but then it was very, very much in good condition. So when I sent it off to my editor, um, she was really happy with it. It was very smooth sailing. So beyond those tweaks, I wasn't doing, you know, full rewrites. Like, well, I didn't really do full rewrites with Blood Like Magic. I did two half rewrites, but it was enough to not desire to do that in the future. So I feel like the Blood Like Fate process process was a lot smoother. Um, in some cases, it was lengthy, but in a way where I felt very much like I knew what I was doing and I knew how I was fixing everything, which like sometimes with Love Like Magic, I kind of felt like I was like, I don't quite know what I'm doing. I just kind of hope this will work, maybe, but I'm flying all over the place until I kind of discovered structure in my writing and discovered putting the character first and things like that. Whereas going into Blood Like Fate, I already knew all of those things. I had a pretty like firmly set down uh, process for how I wrote books because by the time I got to writing Blood Like Fate, I had already written like how many books in between? Like two books in between <laughs> that time. Because wow, really? um, I had written one book that I ended up dropping and then I had written um, the book that became my 2023 novel, Butcher Birds. Exciting. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that project? Sure. Yeah. Butcher Birds, um, the title will be changing, but I don't know when we're revealing it. So I'm calling it the original name for now, but the new name is very, very good. And I'm very excited to reveal that title. Um, but it's about a 17-year-old reluctant medium um, she and her mom inherit a house, a mansion rather, in northern Ontario, and so they go there to live, and they find out it's not as idyllic as it would seem, and then we have a second POV 
10 years later, which is a budding investigative journalist that's looking into what happened to the girl and her mother. In the first Ooh, what happened? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So it's, so, it's a, a lot of mystery. It's got a spooky house. Um, there's a lot of foliage and forest and kind of creepy forest things um, and a very intimate mother-daughter relationship. So it's kind of really Aww. fun for me going from the big family of the Blood Like Magic universe to going to a very specific one-on-one deep um, single mother-daughter relationship. Oh man, that so sounds nice. so exciting. Is it like, is it like their gothic vibes or is it more like a mystery? I'd say it's more like a horror fantasy, a supernatural okay. on that level. Um, more in that vibe, I would say. There are definitely some spooky yeah. things. <laughs> I'm digging the vibe. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. In oh, so in blood like magic obviously blood plays a big role in it blood is in like family but also like physical blood um i really loved how you wrote about womanhood and like a girl's first period in the book and how you made the menstrual cycle a natural part of the book's magic system uh would you call blood like magic like a feminist or womanist text I would think so. Like I definitely, there's a lot of focus on it in the book, especially, you know, doing a matriarchal family system in which women are at the helm and women are the ones with, you know, greater power. They're in positions of leadership. Um, They're really leading the family in that way. That was definitely important to me. And, you know, talking about menstruation periods for me was also really important as sort of a, um, as to make it a celebration and to make it something positive and something that's really revered and a very happy occasion instead of this kind of typical thinking of, you know, the period as this like gross thing and that's gross and that's not great. Um, I really wanted to create a celebration from that for sure and make that something that was really respected and like a happy occasion um, within the book and within the family. Man, I, yeah, I love that too. Like right off the jump, yeah. I was like, okay, yes. Like right I'm, there, I'm here for this. Beginning. I was like, yes. Okay, I'm here and for you this. You know, I, all I can think of is like younger me. If I had had this book, <laughs> maybe that would have been, you know, helpful yeah. back yeah. then. But but now there's, you know, young girls who being able to pick a coffee and look forward to <laughs> what their administration might bring yeah exactly yes, that's yes. always my thing in the beginning of the book I'm like you're gonna know in like the first couple pages if this is a yeah this is for me or this is a no nope, nope just gonna <laughs> back right out of here so um yeah. that's also yeah important to me so I really liked it I really enjoyed that aspect of the book um, and like also getting to be inclusive in that as well and talk about people with periods in general and all of that. Thank yeah. you so much for joining Thank us. You, I really enjoyed this. I feel like I got like a behind the scenes, like yeah. in yes. your whole writing process and also yeah, giving me a more appreciation for like planning out <laughs> books yes. rather than trying to just come up with the story as you go. I, I've been yeah. trying to do more planning and, and outlining. Oh, I yeah, know I'm Beatrice be more... is already a, a pro at outlining prior okay, okay. to writing. Okay. I 
I'm always trying to do better with organizing. I, I love spreadsheets. I love being organized. And so this is good inspo for me to just continue being organized and yeah. <laughs> trying to know as I much as that. I can about the stories and the magic systems and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, I'm very in awe of people that can like pant stories or can oh, discovery yeah. write and they can like figure out stuff on the fly. But I just like, it's not me. I'll get distracted. I'll waste time. I'll make potholes. I just know that it's not going to work. But like when I plan out things very meticulously, very, in, very much in detail, like I can draft like the wind. I can draft stuff super fast. Um, and I know that like everything I planned is what I've put down. And now I don't have to worry about surprise things <laughs> because this is everything I've planned out. And sometimes the plan doesn't always work and I have to change it. But for me, I just come up with much better work. I have much less revision to do when I just like decide everything that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm the same way. Oftentimes my pre-writing takes longer than actually finishing a project because mm -hmm. I'm trying to be as thorough as possible and think of everything, things that won't be in the book, but that I need to know to, you know, be informed about everything. So definitely feel you. <laughs> I feel you yeah. with that. Absolutely. And I had a book like that I was working on an adult horror thriller and it took me two weeks to plan and then I like speed wrote it in eight days. So then it was like, I needed way more time to plan and decide what was going to happen than I did to just like throw it on the page. Was the newlyweds? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 See, I do watch your... <laughs> yes. I wasn't Proof. joking. <laughs> I do watch it. I thought it. I love that. So where can our listeners find you? Uh, I am on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I have a TikTok that I update literally just when I feel like it. So I have okay. a few things on there. I didn't know you had a TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know you had a TikTok. I, yeah. yeah. Is it just your name? Yeah, it's just my name. I'm bad at okay. saying the TikTok because I, I think I feel I like in the back of my mind, I feel bad because I truly like will like have an idea like once every three months and I'll throw it up there and then I'll just forget it for several months again okay so I'm always okay. like oh yeah I have that thing that I do if I have a good idea when the and moment hits. I don't really I'm very consistent though with like Instagram and YouTube and Twitter I like yeah consistently post on there but TikTok is truly just like if I don't have anything good to say I'm not going to throw a TikTok up on there that's fair you do a lot of other things yeah. yeah you're very like active yeah and else, youtube so. is a lot on its own like it's a lot of time and production and so i'm like i've chosen this one so i'll focus on this <laughs> that's one good. that's good okay yeah right. i think well thank you Lizelle. yeah, yeah thank so you so much, much.